uh, chaos this fall. Okay, got our, got our announcements out. Uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is believing all things hoped for, certain of what we do not see. I've been telling the church, and th- some of you, you have the success right here. We've been talking about it, if you're not new to the church, about being a church that is inviting, that is going to talk to people and say, hey, this is good for me, so that I would like to say it would be good for you. We didn't want anybody, hopefully nobody was browbeating and saying, you need Jesus, and then chasing them. We're just saying that when you talk to somebody, if you value what you're participating in, that's something that is fun to share. Uh, That's what we say about believing something and hope for. Now, usually we do it this way. I can't do something, or I don't do something. So maybe you're new here and you said, I don't go to church. What we've been telling us collectively over and over is that, add one word to that, yet. I've said this throughout ministry. I've said this throughout life. I've told this true of our kids. If you can't do something, it doesn't mean you'll never be able to do it. I can't play the drums yet. I can't play guitar yet. It always amazed me when we put our own sort of limitations on our lives about what we think and what we think we cannot do. Now, this statement, I can't yet, is easier for kids. Most of you have children or raised children. You know that a baby can't walk yet. You know that a toddler doesn't go to school yet. You know that in fourth or fifth grade, you don't know algebra yet. You know when you're 14, you don't drive yet. And there's always something to look forward to. But how many of you have said, I don't know what is that for me? What does it mean to be an adult? So I want you to say to somebody nearby, just take a minute and say, this is something I can't do. Go ahead and talk to your neighbor and say, this is something I can't do. Maybe you'd like to do it. Maybe you can't do it. What can't you do yet? (laughs) Oh, boy. I don't like the Manchu mustache yet. Yet. Aaron, what did they call you yesterday? What was the award? You were best in class. Thank you. It's the mustache. I'm just telling you. I told Alice you should say that to her husband from now on. You are the best in class. Yet. Yet. <laughs> what? what? You know, hopefully some of you share. How about, how about attitude as well as action? I can't do something yet. How about I can't control my anger yet? I can't stop being anxious yet. I don't know how to stop worrying about something yet. Every one of us has something that we, we look forward to, and then when we don't see it happening right away, we sort of back off and say, I guess that's just not meant to be. Well, let me read uh, in Mark chapter 4. This is... Uh, a, a story in the Bible we use mostly as our mission statement as a church. And it says this. Once again, Jesus began to teach by the lake shore. A very large crowd gathered around him. So he got in a boat and he began to teach them. He said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. He scattered it across the field and some landed on a footpath. That means where people were walking, right? But birds came and ate it, so it was never able to take root. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon withered under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. 
Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so they produced no grain. Till other seed fell on fertile soil and they sprouted and grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as they had planted. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Here's what it tells us that we can relate to this morning. There's something that happens in that story that we can't control. That's the representation of God. The farmer casts seed, and Jesus is essentially saying the farmer's going to put seed out there. We all know how farming works, and if there's good sun, and there's good rain, and there's plentiful, then you'll have a good crop. But we all know we can't control when it's going to rain, and we can't control the sun. There are some things that are outside of your control. I've talked to many people who are married that can't figure out how to control their husband. Any wives out there still trying to figure that one out? Ask anybody married, oh, 10 years plus. You eventually go, yeah, you can't. It's the... How many when you're younger? <laughs> Although I did say sleep with the one eye open. She could shave it in the middle of the night. How many of you have kids and you're like, you can control them. You should. Train up a child in the way of the Lord and when they are old, they will not depart from it. You've got to give them some discipline when they're young. If you don't discipline them in the way of schedules and a way of order of going to bed, of a way of getting up, of what not letting them have everything they want every time they want because it just pops in their mind and they think they should have it. You, you have some control when they're young. But then they get older and you think, I can't, I can't control my child's life anymore. It's true. One of the greatest lessons as a parent is to hope that when you raise your children, they'll make capable decisions on their own because you can't make them for them anymore. How about driving? How many of you have wanted to control everybody else on the road? <laughs> Why they drive too slow? Why they cut you off? Why they can't use a turn signal? I know. You're the only greatest driver in the history of the world. Everybody else is terrible. So what happened? Well, what happened is, is that there are things that you can't control in the story. In order for the, 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 the harvest to come, the crop has to grow, and there's things that happen. But here's the other part of the story that gets missed. There's other things that happen that we look at passively and we say, well, there's four types of soil, right? Now, God's going to bring the sun, God's going to bring the rain, but what about the soil? The soil is four types. There's footpaths, there's rocks, and then there's weeds. Jesus tells a parable about when somebody came in the middle of the night and sowed weeds among the farmer's crop. The other thing you can't control is how people are going to try to hurt you in your life. You know, the part of the footpath in Jesus' day was literally people would walk through a farmer's crop and create a pathway, and then they'd walk over it and over it and pack it down, and it wouldn't be a fertile soil. Or you might look at the rocks and say, well... What I need in order to really get close to God is I need fertile soil. I just don't need the footpath, I don't need the rocky soil, and I don't need the weeds. What I'm inviting you to consider this morning is that that's how you prepare for God's work in your life. You have to do the work that you can control to make the soil fertile. What can you control? You can control the servant's work. It is not four types of soil. They're all one and the same. It's the work that you do to prepare in order for it to be ready to grow the crop. That's your work. Jesus isn't telling the parable because he wants to tell you what God does. 
Jesus is telling the parable because he says you have to make the soil fertile. You have to remove the rocks. You have to pull the weeds. You have to till up where people have walked by. You've got to protect that from people who are just coming in your life to harm you. You have to make space and declutter your brain and say, God, I just got to stop flipping through social media till 1130 at night. You have to protect that space. You need to make the soil fertile. You ready your soul for God to do his work. So what does that look like? I want to kind of share a little bit this morning about the things that will help you to be discipled. The word out of that is discipline. What are the disciplines that will help you prepare your life for God to do his work? Let me give you some easy ones. Ready? Every year, I'm going to walk this back. Every year, some of you, you, I know we didn't bring our notebooks out, but you're going to want to take note on this. Here's what you need to do every year. You need to buy a new pillow. Right? Nobody ever buys a new pillow. It takes seven years. You're sitting on this flat paper pillow. You're like, why am I so miserable in the morning? Get a new pillow. Every year. Get a new pair of shoes. Every year, travel somewhere new. Just curious, in this last year, how many of you went somewhere you'd never been before? Right? It'll change your life. The rest of you are like, I need to write that down. I need to go somewhere new every year. I don't care if it's 20 miles away, you've never been there. Right? When we go to, go to eat and try a new restaurant. Every year, you should plan a life-changing experience. I don't care how old you get, ask the question, why not try something new? There's a lot of things in my life that I don't try because I'm comfortable with what I already do. I can eat the same four foods every day. But when we go out to eat, every once in a while my wife's like, well, I'm going to try something different. And then I try what she got and it's so stinking good. And then I'm disappointed that I didn't order it. But I didn't order it because I ordered the same thing that I always order because that makes me feel, that's better. How many of you have uh, ever gone skydiving? I am totally afraid of flying, and I think it's the thing I should do. I wanted to do it when Joey turned 18, because then I wouldn't be responsible if he died. But we didn't get that in. So now he's like, I'll wait until you're old and decrepit, and then I'll push you out of a plane. Thanks. All right, every month. How about this one? Every month, plan a budget. Yes, I'm sorry if that hurts to be planning, but you can't prepare for good things to happen in your life if you can't figure out your finances uh, every month, ready ladies, purge your photos. <laughs> Just let's be honest. I've been watching you, somebody flip through for five. I got a great photo. 30 minutes later, when did you take it? Three days ago, because I take a lot of photos. <laughs> Come on now. Every month, set monthly goals. Do you know why the Bible is particular to the 40 days? Because if you can go 40 days, you've gone a month plus of doing something that then becomes a habit. Every month, read a book. You should get 12 books in a year. I know you're going to be grumbling at me, but it is a great life-changing thing to do. Here's my favorite. Every month, have lunch with someone they haven't seen in a while. Every month, serve on a committee, on a board, on some organization that's a not-for-profit or a place that you can serve, where you're helping that group you don't have to do it every day. You don't have to do it every week. But you're informed and you're involved. How about every week? 
Ready? Every week, plan to exercise. We're getting to that. That's every day. Every week, plan to exercise. You don't plan to exercise. By the way, every week, go get groceries. Why does that make sense? Because you're planning your meals. Anybody get two and a half, three weeks later, you're like, we have nothing in the fridge. It's because we didn't plan for what we were going to do that week. You'd be amazed at how these things prepare your life for improvement. Uh, Every week, fulfill the mission of the church. If you're new here, our mission is to reach up, reach, and reach out. Those are communal experiences. You reach out to God and worship. You reach in to grow through God's word. You reach out to give. This week, for example, you can reach up right now. You're in worship. Reach in Tuesday night for the Bible study. You can reach out to serve. Chaos, Children's Church, Door Greeter. Every week, and these things change your life. Every week have date night. Every week have family dinner. One meal a week if you planned to have other people at your table and have a communal meal. And every week show intimacy to others. Oh, sorry, I'm getting out of the... Sorry, Facebook. All right, here's the big one on that one. Every week, show intimacy. Now, I know I had uh, a husband and wife struggling with their intimacy. So I said, why don't you schedule it? And then they came back. And the wife said, "Uh, I didn't mind that. And the husband said, well, it was bad when it was her week. And I said, why? And he said, she didn't schedule it. (laughs) And she said, well, it was bad when it was his week. And I said, why? And he said, well, because I scheduled it on every day that started with T. So it was supposed to be Tuesday, Thursday, today, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday. It's funny, but it's true, isn't it? We don't plan intimacy, and there's something missed in our world and our culture. We're not preparing for meaningful relationships if we don't make them a priority. And these are the simple things that get those rocks and pull those weeds and make it a place for relationships to blossom. All right, here's your everyday. Every day I have personal devotions. If you're here and you've never done it, just try it of a morning and see how it changes your day to have prayer. To just open yourself up to God's word and say, I've never read this before. I'm going to start in the Gospel of John. I'm going to start in Matthew. I just want to read it and see what happens and see if it lifts my spirits for the day. Every day, do some exercise. Yes, you're going to do it three, four times a week. Not every day, but you're going to say to yourself, I'm going to put this in because me and my health matters. Every day you should read 10 to 15 minutes. Every day you should eat and sleep. And when I say those, you should eat something healthy. We went to uh, Cars and Canines, and I ate uh, that great, delicious, greasy food truck food. And then we were out last night, and there was another food truck, and I'm like, I can't do it twice in a row. I just can't. I need a salad. You know you've eaten poorly when you get to the place where you're like, I'm craving a salad. I just need something Something green, please. The funnel cake, stop it. Every day make your bed, every day dress with purpose. If you want to prepare yourself for what the day will bring, dress with purpose. I tell young people especially, but I even tell anybody in the working world, I tell people who go to school and you teach. You get up and dress with purpose, you'll be amazed how other people will perceive you in that space as having purpose. You don't dress with purpose. You get up and you race out and you wonder why your day sort of seems frazzled. Work with purpose every day. 
and say these three things. Ready? Every day say thank you. Every day say I love you. And every day say I'm sorry. You're not perfect. It's okay. Did you know that all these little things are the simple things that prepare you for what you're asking of God? All too often we're like, God, I need more sun. God, I need more rain. In other words, God, I'm praying for things that I can't control, that you can control, and I'd like you to make it easy in my life. Would you just make it happen? And the farmer looks down and says, how about you do what I ask you to do? What? I can't make it grow. But you can make space in your life for the not yet. You can remove the rocks of worry. You can remove the weeds of anxiety, of anger. You can remove the time wasted in some areas in your life that will be better spent with any of these other things. Having lunch with somebody you haven't seen in a while. Having a family dinner. Having a daily time with me. That's what changes your life. And then all of a sudden, the not yet's become the things that you're doing that are new and fresh. And that's the discipline of discipleship. Prepare your heart for God to do His work in your life. Let's pray. Lord, I look forward to putting that list out and uh, inviting everyone here and uh, others all around to just ask the question, what little thing can I do this week to make the ground in which you do your best work be the fertile soil. And Lord, it doesn't have to be all high and mighty. We don't have to be the greatest spiritual leaders of the world. We just have to decide how to relate better to you and with others and what that looks like. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.